Welcome to Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We discuss how those poorly understood characters, those unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet turn out, as well as we discuss those so-called heroes intent on thwarting those plans. I am one of your hosts, Mustafa. Joining me tonight are Steve and Daniel. How's it going? Hey, hey. Hey, uh, Mustafa, what's on your mind tonight? Daniel, I'm glad you asked me that. I have a very simple thing on my mind tonight. It's uh, the show must go on. It's kind of off our usual thing on my mind tonight, but it's what's on my mind. Uh, we're here in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, yeah. I've slept very little last night, and yet we're here recording. It's all for our listener. Uh, you guys told me we have a listener, right? You weren't kidding about that? Yeah. 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 It's my yeah. mom. It's my mom, but yeah, we have. Oh, okay. Yeah, Steve <laughs> does the thousand downloads and your mom's the thousand one, right? Or whatever that is. <laughs> All right. Well, listener, this is for you. We're still here. We're still recording. <laughs> we got got some news. Tell us about that, Steve. So we have our two new modes, our heroic and our rookie mode. We didn't get a villain mode, unfortunately, but this just came out. So I'm just going to read this real quick. They've given us this heroic mode that follows the expert mode rules with one exception. Before you start a game in heroic mode, you pick a heroic level number. So one to whatever. And that number determines the difficulty of the mode with higher numbers representing greater challenges. And then for the rest of the game, during the step three of the villain phase, when you're dealing encounter cards, each player is going to get dealt an additional encounter card equal to the number that you've chosen. So if you're going to try Heroic 3, everyone is getting three additional encounter cards for a four total. Uh, That's on top of encounter cards you might draw for decking yourself or from hazards out from side schemes. And then rookie mode, they said, was you just play the villain level one and that's it. That's it. You just you beat the the level one villain and your the game's done. So I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I think we should let Mustafa start. <laughs> I think this is absurd. I rookie mode. That's what the base game is called. You don't need a rookie mode. Yeah. I mean, my grandmother who doesn't read English and is dead, by the way, <laughs> could beat the base game, let alone the rookie mode. I mean, the, yeah. What is that? I think it's like. I think the only positive you could get out of rookie mode is I don't have a lot of time to play. So I'm going to play half a normal game and then I got to go do go to work or do something or I, I'm out of time. So I'm going to play one pick villain stage one, two or three. I'm going to play just one stage of the villain and then I'm done because I'm out of time. That's that's the only plus I can see. So you could choose villain three, but then. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I am. First off, I, I'm happy that they acknowledge that their game is too easy. Yes. So like that's nice, right? And I think it's we're part of a I think a large communal voice saying, "Hey, we want more challenge." Yeah, and the article they talk about that that they yeah. have heard, they have thought of ideas. I, and how many you know, geniuses did it take to come up with these modes? By the way, the rookie mode, if you read it, it says when the first stage of the villain is defeated, you don't even go up against two or three. It's number uh, one. Uh, yeah. Okay. And well, you could maybe you so, could be heroic rookie. <laughs> heroic rookies. <laughs> Against pretty much every villain, that's a that's a five six minute game. Uh, right. Against Rhino, you might as well not even start. I guess if you read these comic books, I don't read a lot of them, but I think the ones I read, the heroes always come on top, uh, come on top at the end. Is that sure. generally yeah. right? 
Sure. For the most maybe, part. Maybe they're trying to be, you know, realistic, quote unquote, to the extent that they're well, trying they, to recreate these They did these say books. that near the beginning of the release of this game. It's like, we want our players to feel like heroes and to win. And like, so that that's part of the design principle. I think. Do you feel like a hero when you go over to a baby and take their lollipop? Yes. Do you feel like a hero when you shoot fish in a barrel? If yes, yes then this is the game for you. And if that's too easy, we have a rookie mode for you. But yes, the baby will give way. you their lollipop, the fish will jump out of the barrel into your lap, and that's rookie mode. I only feel that way because I'm a villain, but yes, uh, I, your, your, point, your point is taken. So, so I was surprised in the article, it's like, they're, they're bantering around all these possible ideas, and then the guy's like, how about just more encounter cards? And it was like, Eureka. But I feel like that's indelicate, and it's easy. And... I, like it's I, it's not necessarily yeah. a fix so much as a okay this will make it harder yes it will yeah but it's kind of an obvious thing. I'd just rather they made harder villains going forward yeah maybe we'll get a little bit of both yeah maybe yeah it it didn't take a lot of brain power to come up with that solution and the, the problem <laughs> with it is they probably thought up a lot of other things but none of them they felt worked sure it makes the game harder but it doesn't change anything I mean right it, it just takes a slog and makes it sloggier and <laughs> that's a great word. And, I think it will make it harder, though. I mean, yeah, sure, you're going to sure. have to deal with a lot more minions in play, a lot more things hitting you. And then that deck, the acceleration tokens are going to come up that much quicker. Yeah, no, that's all true. But it's like taking a giant sledgehammer and bringing it down on this this problem. It's, so, it's not elegant. It is, I, it is I agree. the opposite of elegant. I, I absolutely agree with that. Can you think of something that would have been a little bit more elegant, streamlined, done the job? That wouldn't actually yeah. just make the game longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that's the thing. I think any of these fixes are just going to lengthen the game. Right. So right. what we want is something that's going to keep game length about the same, but increase the chances of losing. And right. it's... Difficult to get there because this game is fundamentally a race. The villain is trying to finish out their clock before the heroes get too strong and deplete the villain's hit points. I think there would need to be a two-pronged approach here. It's not a simple solution. So right. um, it, it could involve something like maybe decreasing all heroes' hand sizes by one, uh, but also kind of maybe decreasing the villain's hit points at the same time, acknowledging that cards are everything in this game and you're going to take away some of them um, and we don't want that to lengthen the game but we want to make it harder again like i'm here sitting with very little sleep and after a really right. tough day but so i'm not going to have a, a lot of great ideas but um, to be fair i've never i haven't tried heroic mode yet yeah i haven't tried it either and that's true that's true i know you've said it isn't elegant but it is simple and sure easy to remember you don't have to have any extra cards. You don't have to say, oh, no, what do we do next? Or or what was the rule we missed? It's just... Right, you're, you're not adding something to the phase structure and all that. Right. Time that, charts. You're not changing yeah. cards. You're not inserting stuff. And you're yep. playing it optionally, too, if you want, right? Uh, in that regard, yeah. it, it is very easy to implement. Yep. Right. Yeah. We're also not professional game designers, so... We are not. This is probably the greatest fix of all time. Yeah, we are that. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that, listener? You're our, you're, you are who make us professionals. They did give us a challenge, so they suggest that yeah. we try to play Claw uh, on Heroic Level 3 using the Doomsday Chair. So I think we do have to give it a try and see what happens. I predict that you would lose. I predict that you would lose really quickly. Yeah, but so. maybe we should we should try it and then maybe we can report on. Yeah, I think uh, we have to give it a try. Ripping, 
we're being very quick with the criticism here, so I think we at least owe it to them to at least try it, see what happens. Agreed. All right, Tit, shall we move on? Yes. What are we doing here for You Had Me Monologuing? Steve, when we did that original uh, What Nemesis uh, kit would you like to uh, have us do? Yes. Miss Marvel came in first, and then second was Black Panther, right? No. <laughs> In fact, Black Panther was way down on the list. It was Cap- oh! it was Captain America. We're doing Black Panther because he's alphabetically at the top of the list. So that is brilliant. Yes, that's brilliant. That's right. how I picked this one. No, that no, was Steve. T'Challa starts with T. Uh, <laughs> that's not a hero. That's uh, somebody else. So. Right. But actually, we're not even really talking about Black Panther tonight. No, that's correct. We're talking about Eric Killmonger. Tell us about Killmonger. Well, I'll tell you what, I've learned a lot about it. So first off, I'm one of the very few people that I know that never saw Black Panther the movie. Wow. So everything I researched and read about was totally new to me. But once and again, what did you find out? What did I you found out, out a lot. I found out a lot. So ask me questions, stop me, and stuff. otherwise I'm going to be talking for a while. So so Eric Killmonger is really Eric Stevens, who is really Ninjataka. I think I'm saying it right, but I don't know. Again, I haven't seen the movie. His, once again, is kind of a, he's a, he's a tragic villain in a lot of ways in that he was ultimately trying to fulfill kind of a vision that his father had for country of Wakanda, is where T'Challa is from. Begins with his father, um, a Wakandan named uh, Njobu who raised the, his son as a single dad in Harlem, New York. And so really the enmity between T'Challa and Killmonger is a byproduct of the rivalry between their fathers, uh, each of whom had a different vision for the future and possibility for Wakanda. You know Wakanda is known for vibranium, right? Like card and all that for T'Challa? Yeah, right? of course, of course. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so that resource made... We've seen the movie, so you don't have to ask oh. us if we know what oh. vibranium right. is. So really, okay, great. <laughs> uh, so it makes Wakanda one of the more technologically advanced places in the world, and but yet the country itself sort of remains hidden from the world in terms of like what what it what it really is. So that's where that conflict kind of begins for these fathers, because Killmonger's dad um, was T'Challa's dad's cousin. There's a lot. Of, it's it's a family rivalry as well. The dad wanted Wakanda to remain kind of like a secret, whereas cousin Killmonger's dad thought that the kingdom should become not like a powerhouse in the world, but like a player in it. And his desire meant giving vibranium weapons to those of African descent who've been disenfranchised in a number of ways from global exclusivity and such. So to make the vision a reality, he, this uh, Jobu, who is Killmonger's dad, made some unsavory friendships and hired some mercenary types. And he was killed for that by T'Challa's dad for his treachery against the throne. Do I have it right so far? For those of you who see Yes, and okay. let's not engage in the political so. uh, commentary about how, how sound this plot line is. Let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> so, because there's a lot going there, which right. if we got into it would eat up too much time. I wouldn't Absolutely. But, I, but I, I do want to say that I appreciate the politics of this story. Sure. Yeah. In a lot of ways. From the limited bit I've researched, like I, I get, you know, I kind of get Killmonger's dad's side a little bit more than. Anyway. So Killmonger yes, was a kid. That's why I when, said let's not get into yeah, it. So we're going to avoid that. So Killmonger was a kid when he saw this Wakanda jet fly away from his apartment and. He runs home and his dad is dying in his arms. All he had left then was sort of this romanticized vision of Wakanda from his father and like, and this desire to lead it in kind of his, you know, in, in the image that his father would have, would have wanted. So to do that, of course, means going to Wakanda and dethroning his cousin T'Challa. But a number of things have to happen first. So he has to go to MIT. So he's brilliant, right? He's this brilliant 
tactical thinky guy, but he's also kind of ruthless and cold. Um, he becomes a Navy SEAL and he earns the nickname. That's the kind of people who go to MIT, of course. They're all like super built up, muscly, cold killer types who are also brilliant. Yep, sure. So he earns his nickname Killmonger during his, his service with the SEALs because he's just sort of just racked him up. So, but all this is kind of to strengthen him and to face T'Challa and affect his father's dream of uniting Africans and bring them into their power. His central weakness, I guess, is that he refused friendships and he used people as pawns and kills his closest associates, including like a romantic interest even. But that ruthlessness and the cold, the kind of like his vision, that monomaniacal vision to sit on the throne of Wakanda and be its king, it actually worked. He won for a while. He defeated T'Challa and thought he had killed him. He, I believe he threw him down a waterfall. Yeah, it happens in the movie. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, I think so, so far the movie follows this plot very closely. Yeah, it does. Good, good. Um, so he, he thought he killed him and then he becomes the right, or he becomes the king, not the rightful king, but there becomes the king of Wakanda, but then T'Challa gets saved somehow, he's nursed back to health, then he does a kind of a one-on, they have a big one-on-one battle. T'Challa wins, but in a, in a nice gesture, he kind of offers a reconciliation to Killmonger. Like, you don't have to die, but then Killmonger says no, but he sort of dies peacefully with his family. So that's nice. But again, it's a tragic villain. He's kind of grown up and fed this like I said, this romantic vision of Wakanda from his dad and like the possibilities for it. He kind of succumbs to this really like monotrack path of violence to achieve this great lasting unity for Africa. So like the goal is kind of admirable and lofty, but the pursuit of it kind of defiles the purpose of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, and in the end, his he kind of wins too after death too. Like uh, his beliefs for Wakanda's future kind of manifest a little bit. T'Challa brings the country into the open and they join the wider global community, but it's not necessarily in the way Killmonger would have wanted that to happen. But I found that I kind of liked him in a way, having done a little research. What do you guys think about him, the character? You know the character better than I do. I thought it was pretty good in the, the movies. I never read any of the comics or mm-hmm. looked up this, but he's more of a grounded villain uh his purpose seems one you can kind of get behind and then up to a point and then he kind of the power once he sits on the throne sort of goes to his head but right yeah it's definitely an interesting watch more than haha i'm gonna take over the world you know that kind of thing yeah i had a slightly different view i i I felt like he was still a two-dimensional character because he never really changes or grows during the story and it doesn't seem like he does any of that in the comic books either Mm. um and and i i I, again i didn't want to get into this discussion but i think the the movie and certainly from your description, it sounds like the comic books have already kind of a judgment as to what his beliefs are, kind of like a moral judgment and where mm. they would rightfully lead him, which is, um, you know, a, a loss. Um, and again, it kind of says more about the reader or the viewer, if you just watch the movie, as to what you think of his methodology. Uh, but I wish there had been a little more of a nod towards real politic. Uh, but again, I might, this might be too much to ask for from books where you know people have superpowers and fly and this is the kind of thing that could just unravel very quickly and turn into a discussion not about the game but other things but i always felt like we are in need of better villains in these things and they they, there is quote-unquote good villains but they never really progress uh, past these obvious two-dimensional pieces of them um and i I guess that's just a reflection of the genre um some of them are comically evil um so to speak pun was not intended uh, (laughs) um, but but, yeah i mean they're there to be punched in the face by our heroes who also yes. sometimes and are two-dimensional. Yes, and almost all the time. Yeah. yeah. And this guy is a little better, 
but yeah, I not think, so much. I don't think, like, in the movie, we don't get a chance to see... Obviously, his methods are, are not good. Uh, you know, he's killing people, and he's doing these terrible things. So the ends don't justify the, his, the means. And then when he right. finally has an opportunity to, like, maybe start to see the growth or whatever, Black Panther shows up and thwarts him. So we never get to see what would happen if all of his schemes did come to fruit. But it's always so. depicted as... Oh, he just wants to be a, he just wants an armed revolution. That's all he wants. He wants to give weapons right. and the people he wants to give weapons to are always unsavory. It's not like he ever wants to arm people uh, that we sympathize with. The, the people he hangs out with or the people he associates with are rarely the kinds of people. It, you don't even get any insight in, um, and, and what they might want. And, you know, so maybe overall goal, you can say something positive about it, but that's all kind of immediately shaded away by all those other aspects of his character. Mm. Um, Interesting, and, yeah. And again, like I said, I think the story has already judged both his dad and him as to, you know, in a kind of uh, a normative way, saying, well, their way is not at all possible. And and I agree, the way that it's described, they want to give technological weapons to Africa. Uh, it's not clear to whom and how those weapons would be used, but then the right. implication is that they're just going to go around like instigating civil war randomly. And that, you know, that that is very difficult to kind of get behind. Right. Uh, well, that's... that's... No, you're, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right, but I, I kind of appreciate that it's a kind of a complicated story. Yeah, know? no, it is more complicated um, than the usual mwahaha, yeah. I will yeah. I will go to my secret I, lair and plot. I've, how and I built a super them. laser beam or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about these cards that go with the set. Um, Steve, do you want to talk about the obligation? Sure. I'll do Affairs of State. So give to the T'Challa player. You may flip to Alter Ego form and choose. Exhaust T'Challa, remove Affairs of State from the game, or choose and discard a Black Panther upgrade you control. Discard this obligation. And it has two boost icons. So it's pretty much your standard obligation right out of the core. You can get yep. rid of it by exhausting or you lose something. Say I found that out of all the obligations, I tend to end up being exhausted when this one flips. Yep. So I yeah. always end up losing a Black Panther upgrade. Yeah. It, it, I think it happens because you play, I mean, at least I play, I shouldn't say you. I tend to play Black Panther with Faction, I guess. I yeah. haven't played this for a while. When we played a recent game, I was playing Leadership, and I just, I would defend with him, get to retaliate. For whatever reason, it just like feels like he can defend more mm -hmm. because he doesn't need to use his base attack or thwart because of all his upgrades. And then right. you lose an upgrade because you've defended and they gotcha. Yeah, yeah. he does seem to get <laughs> It's the most but, if, but if you're not yeah. exhausted, the chat, the choice is almost always the first. Yeah, I agree. Uh, right. Like all of these, and, think, with yeah. all of these, and I, you know, I just had a thought. These really should be flipped in all of these. So exhaust T'Challa, discard this obligation. Choose and discard the Black Panther upgrade you control. Remove affairs of state from the game. That's the way it should be because that's a hard choice. Do yeah. I get rid of this, but I have to sacrifice an upgrade, or do I kind of ignore it, just exhaust myself, but it's gonna come back again? So that would have been a much harder choice. Mm. And I think in all yeah, of those. Um, yeah. be because this way, uh, maybe they were pushing for a thematic, like he has to go home and rule his country. That's why he's exhausted, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But does he rule his country just once? I mean, what kind of a country is this? I go home, I do the ruling thing <laughs> once, and then I never have to go home again. It's got to show up once in a while, that's it. Phone... No, just once. Phone it in. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Phone it in later. Yeah. Um, so I think I think all of these could really be made much better if you just flip the consequences. Interesting. Something maybe to consider for a critical encounters house rule. It would need some house ruling, unlike the others we just cooked sure. up on the spot. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Moose, you take this one. Yeah, usurp the throne. I'll take usurp the throne. So this is uh, the side scheme that would enter with Killmonger when you draw Shadows of the Past. And um, it says, the renegade Killmonger is leading a coup to seize control of Wakanda. Okay, we couldn't get that from the title of the card, obviously. Um, and it's <laughs> a... <laughs> I forget what these are called. Is it a hazard? No. Yes, it's a hazard. hazard. Yeah. It's a hazard. There we go. I got it. Um, it'll start with three times the number of players threat on it, and it has that nice three boost. So it's overall uh, a solid uh, B plus A minus card. Your usual kind of nemesis side scheme that's got some bite. It's it. It seems to have a lot of uh, threat on it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. And it yeah. it comes out right when when that shadow of the past hits and you get Killmonger. This hits the table nine threat. If you got like a three player game we were playing recently. Yep. Yeah, it's, yep. it's a lot. Yeah. The the thing about these side schemes, I like the ones that have ways of getting more threat on them. This doesn't seem to have any. Um, and I don't want to... Do, do I want to spoil the rest of the cards? Sure, I'll, I'll do that. None of the rest of the cards seem to be able to put threat on this. Right, I think that's why it has that higher starting yeah. threat value, right? Yep. I mean, in a four-player game, there's 12 usurp, on there. Yeah, I guess it's just going to usurp once and then wait for you to come back and kick him off. The flavor text on here, however, Daniel, does meet your requirements where the flavor text does not use the title of the side scheme in its text. It doesn't. It dodges it cleverly. It do- yes. It, so. it, it says it in a different way. It tells yeah. us what the meaning of usurp the throne is. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. Well, let's talk about Eric himself. Killmonger. Here he is. So Killmonger is a unique uh, minion. He's got two scheme, two attack, five hit points. He is an assassin, elite, and mercenary. And he cannot take, take damage from Black Panther upgrades. And he comes with two boost icons so that's interesting he's solid i i like it i like how he plays off of black panther can't hurt him with his all of black panther's tools so he does feel like a specific nemesis versus black panther yeah yeah so in a solo game this guy's he's sticking around yeah that's three standard attacks from black panther like if you had to just yeah, attack like, attack attack yep you or really you just gotta got have some allies um, yeah your allies will have to take him on which right again i, I don't want to question too much into the the thematicness of it but what kind of hero sends their minions to deal with the with their nemesis while they sit back and watch the show weak sauce sounds like yeah 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 yeah. loser heroes it is it, it's a little thematic like in the movies right black panther has to lose his special superpowers when he fights killmonger in the battle for the throne um so he he removes his super soldier serum or whatever it is he he uses to power himself up when he faces yep. killmonger yeah that is cool yeah and like they are kind of both equal in that regard then right yeah well actually and, killmonger really kicks his ass in their first fight right because he's so yeah. much more ready to act. He, he he hasn't grown up relying on all that gadgetry and and whatever it was that was powering right. Black Panther. The uh, heart shaped herb is what's powering Speaking him up. Speaking of which, <laughs> let's talk. Let's hear about that, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Heart shaped herb is a treachery. It has surge and also has when revealed, give the villain and each minion engaged with you a tough status card. It has a special boost icon. Give the villain a tough status card when revealed as a boost. So, okay. so some time ago we had complained about, uh, and it was with uh, Miss Marvel's nemesis who heals the villain but not himself and we thought that that was strange so i like that this affects both the villain and killmonger right if he's if engaged it's, with if it's you John. yeah right if, I mean, if he's engaged with someone else killmonger right. is happily giving his heart shape herb to rhino or 
That's back in the losing horse. But all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A losing rhino, you mean. <laughs> but I like this card. It's good. Surge. I, we always like Surge. Love Surge. Yeah, Love Surge is it. nice. And then uh, if you draw it as an encounter card or a boost card, you're getting a tough status out there at least. Yeah. yeah so, somewhere it's happening. And if you're like playing Ultron or like Mutagen Formula, it could be a lot of tough cards going around. It could be. I played a recent game with <laughs> a friend of mine who was playing Thor, and he had four Indians engage with him when he drew this because uh, oh, I was playing Black Panther good. and you know he got this so all the drones and the vil- and the Ultron all had tough status tokens which was pretty that cool that is a good moment yeah was that tough uh, it wasn't actually <laughs> that tough because Thor used his lightning strike to ignore the tough uh, status icon and he, he murdered everything within one round but it still was really cool looking <laughs> on the table <laughs> That's the fate of the villains. Yes. The best they'll do is look good before some hero comes in and just destroys them. Yeah. Like wags a finger at him and yep. disappear. Oh, All that's right. so I guess, I guess I get the last of these. Ritual combat is a treachery. There's two of these in the deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, if you look at the art, they're fighting each other in ritual combat. Uh, Killmonger and, uh, and Black Panther. Looks good. Um, it, I like the art. Um, I like the art on all of these, actually. I like the perspective on Heartshaped Herb, by the way, going back to it slightly. Yeah. Ritual Combat says, when revealed, discard the top card of the encounter deck, then choose to either deal X damage to your hero or place X threat on the main scheme. X is one more than the number of boost icons on the discarded encounter card. So huh. it gives everybody a choice. That's good. Um, and it, it's gonna either deal at least two damage or two threat, or up to four damage or four threat. It's solid. I wish it said, and also, you know, usurp the throne or something, because this is how Killmonger gets the throne by beating Black Panther in uh, ritual combat. But maybe they run out of space on the card or something. It just goes to the main uh, main scheme. And it's got two icons if it's drawn as a boost itself. So overall, pretty solid cards. Much better than the previous Nemesis set we did. Most of those cards sucked <laughs> in terms of villain, villainness. Ritual Combat could just pop a one, though. Like, if you were to flip over yeah. a card from the standard encounter set and you're just playing standard, it's got zero boost icons, or Heart-Shaped Herb yeah. is technically a zero boost icon, then it's just one damage or one threat. That, right. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I, that's why people should play with our house rules. Yeah, um, yeah. And I guess we should add one. If it's just a boost icon, that still reads as a one for purposes of ritual combat. This should always go to at least two. Oh, that's interesting. Right? How's that? It's not much, you know, you'll have to be playing Black Panther. You'll have to yeah. get the Nemesis in play, shuffle these in, and then draw one of these. But, you know, it's better than nothing. Yeah, if you get a side scheme with three on it, then it becomes a four. That could be a lot, especially for damage. Four damage is... Yeah, pretty rough. Yeah. yeah, so you know, heroes will duck and put that on the main scheme, <laughs> or or it'll go on the main scheme if you happen to draw this as an alter ego, right? Because you can't damage yeah. your your hero. That's correct. Very good observation. So if, ah, if you're nice. an alter ego, that's that's just going on the main scheme directly. Yeah, that could actually be a game winning thing right there. Yeah, kind of. Oh, I like surprised. that. Yeah. Although, if they're an alter ego, they're probably an alter ego because they think that um, there's plenty of space on the main scheme and. 
because they've already maybe, they've already maybe. taken at least one scheme. Well, I think this is a good set. I like I like Killmonger. I like his story. I like his Nemesis set. I like how it's tailored really really well against Black Panther. Yep. Um, feels thematic. Feels thematic. Yes, feels good that way. Yeah. One thing I will note that I don't know whether you noticed this. This is for um, both Nemesis and villains including those in the, the expansion set, the Wrecking Crew. Everybody who has their own cards still does not get their little portrait on the lower right-hand side of their cards. Ah. Unlike the heroes. They all get their little portrait, so we can tell that whose cards they are, as if we can't. But they still get their little portrait there. But these nemeses, for some reason, yeah. they don't get their portraits. Yep. Poor guys. Yeah. Again, yet another indication of the kind of discrimination. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that these people experience every day at the hands of comic book writers and game designers. Indeed. And on that note, thank you very much for listening to issue nine of Critical Encounters. You can reach us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook and Discord as Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and The Truth. And you can also get to us on criticalencounters.libsyn.com. Steve, take us out. That should be me on the throne.